yeah. Had a very shiny nose. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Anya, I feel like it's been forever since we've caught up. I mean, I know both of our our separate furfluencers careers have unfortunately taken over parts of our lives right now. Yes, they have, which, you know, hopefully none of the people that I do work for uh, are listening to this actually because <laughs> I miss having time to do these episodes. But as we're, you know, first of all, Julia, I want to know, I've started my Christmas shopping. Ooh. And you're on that list. You're the on naughty the naughty list or the, the nice list. You're on the nice list. You're on the nice list. We'll take it. And as I was thinking about the holiday season and animals that are often a part of our nostalgia around Christmas in particular, we obviously have to talk about reindeers. I'm so glad you said that because I actually had reached out to a reindeer farm in, I think, Washington State. And I reached out late knowing that they were to say, are you crazy? This is our busy season. We have no time for you. They didn't, they were very nice, but it was basically like, we're really busy right now. Can we chat in the new year? And I was like, totally understanding, but also a little disappointed because I really wanted to do something on reindeer. I mean, they feel like the OG winter animal influencer. And so the fact that I guess you're going to talk to me about reindeer today (laughs) kind of like fills that gap. Well, I mean, can you imagine how high in demand reindeers are right now? They're probably getting booked for every party. They're getting getting invited to all these events. Totally. You They're know, A-listers right now. I mean, I have not seen any in New York, A-listers. but that doesn't mean that they have not been here and they will not be here. Actually, I feel like they were on Good Morning America or one of those morning shows that I do not watch a few years ago. Like, I'm pretty sure that every holiday season, they make the rounds to like the Ellens or whatever they are. It's like, Morning Wait, were, were TJ Holmes and Amy, Amy Roback on this Good Morning America that you're talking about? <laughs> it's a separate episode, Anya, separate one. I wonder if there's any reindeer workplace romance uh, scandals were on set. Um, also a separate conversation, but I will make sure to follow up with you after this. <laughs> So, okay. So, so today, cause you told me you had a, like a surprise conversation that you wanted to introduce me to. So we're talking reindeer. Um, very cool. Where, I don't know, where do you even begin with the reindeer? I mean, should we tell people what a reindeer is in case somebody doesn't know, or do we think everybody knows? Well, first of all, the scientific name for a reindeer is oh. Ragnifer Terrandus. So I'm very grateful for whoever came up with the name reindeer because I cannot imagine having to call something a ragnifer all the time. <laughs> so much less cute than reindeer as well. Yeah. It sounds like yeah. a bacteria. <laughs> but yeah, so they, they're a species that, that came into our ecosystem about a million years ago. And they were raised and bred in cold environments, starting off in eastern Russia about, I don't know, they were first domesticated in eastern Russia about 3,000-ish years ago. 
currently, do you want to guess how many reindeer we have on this planet? Um, I guess we have at least, how many does Santa have? 12? Well, there's at least 12, but there are 5 million reindeer that are domesticated across the world right now. So we've just got reindeer wow. roaming about. I mean, if you think about it, it's good for Santa because I'm sure he's got a, you know, he's got to get new reindeer, I'm sure, every year, right? Because what if you get a lazy one, you got to fire them and you got, you know, I'm sure. They start slacking off. Totally. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's a recruiting process that Santa goes through every year. So wait, so you said that they're domesticated for, so does that mean that for most of like the history of reindeer, they've been like agriculture animals or like what does domesticated mm -hmm. mean? Well, let's find out. Let's use the good old googs to... <laughs> To see what does a wildlife domesticated animal mean? Because I'm thinking it means that's crazy. Like we have moose and deer, and they're definitely not domesticated. So how did reindeer end up becoming domesticated so from that what animal? So what family? it means, what it means according to the National Geographic, which I feel like if anybody knows about animals, they've probably got this correct. It is a process of adapting wild animals for human use. They're used for food, work, clothing, medicine, amongst many other uses. And domesticated animals must be raised and cared for by humans. So I'm guessing as far as just like, reindeer farm and I don't know if they're breeding and raising reindeer the way that they do cattle in terms of like keeping them in keeping them in tight quarters and just breeding them I I don't really know exactly what that means but that is crazy like I don't think I've ever heard of like a reindeer farm or plant or anything like that as far as in the U.S. at least. So when I was doing my reindeer farm research in the U.S., they do have them, but it's not totally clear what they're being used for. Some of it feels a little bit like um, like their sanctuaries or their places of you know, refuge where people can come and visit them. But I didn't have the sense that these are working animals, so to speak. Well, so according to the FDA, uh, they are used as beast of burden, which I'm going to need to look up the definition. I was about to say, what does that mean? Burden. Sounds like my dog. And they are farmed. They are farmed for their milk, meat, and hides. All right, let's take a guess as to what beast of burden means. Um, my definition of a beast of burden would be the emotional, uh, baggage that I've had to carry for my exes when they're dealing with shit. Um, I feel like I am a beast of burden. <laughs> What's your guess at the definition? <laughs> I, I think that's the best one that we have on you. I don't think I can compete with that. Okay. Uh, used for carrying loads, which that's, <laughs> It's so weird. 
<laughs> All right. So, and so, yeah, beasts of burden farm, and they're farmed for the milk, meat, and hides. I don't think I've ever eaten reindeer. I'm pretty sure I have. I think I did when I was in Austria forever ago. Um, I don't remember it. I mean, I like venison, so maybe I liked the reindeer, question mark. Um, yeah. Well, I- <laughs> there's so many facts about reindeers, I and I don't want to get caught into, like, the weeds too much around this. But anyway, they ended up being in Russia, then were in Siberia and Norway, and... I'm guessing because they travel in herds and they migrate together. They first came to Alaska through the work of an Alaskan missionary named Sheldon Jackson. So they they weren't native to Alaska? They weren't native to Alaska. Sheldon Jackson via Serbia brought them to the U.S. in the 1800s. And it was in part because a lot of Inuit were starving due to commercial overfishing of whales at the time. And so this was an alternative food source uh, for this culture. And Jackson, Sheldon Jackson, saw what they were doing with reindeer and said, why don't we bring them here for herding and husbandry? That's wild. So, so, so he's in Siberia. And how did he transport them over into Alaska then? Well, they fly, duh. <laughs> Julia, have... <laughs> they flew here. Gosh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so yeah, it was it was really easy to get all this reindeer <laughs> over here. It just got them a one way ticket, told them which air route to take, and that's how they ended up in Alaska. Not everything. This is a disclaimer. Is true that I say. Uh, so I don't want anyone coming after me with, you know, their facts around how reindeers got here. Reindeer hate mail. I don't want any reindeer hate mail. Well, but Jackson, he had to actually lobby the U S government to get them to agree to appropriate funds to transfer them here. So this but was did like the U.S. government acknowledge that, that the that the Inuits, that the native Alaskan populations were starving? Like, did they know it was a problem, or did he have to even convince them that it was an issue? Um, I not gonna lie, did not research that part of it. I am assuming at the time that they didn't really care about <laughs> native populations. That's kind of where starving. my brain went as well. I think they just thought, oh, this is uh, another industry that we can capitalize on and make money. Uh, And it wasn't so much about helping people. I mean, we gave Native Americans smallpox on blankets. So (laughs) I don't really think (laughs) we were about preserving the people that were here first. (laughs) So what you're telling me is that reindeer were basically a Trojan horse for capitalism in America, but under the guise of a sustainable food source for starving local populations in Alaska. Yes. Yes. 
Wow. Now, I don't know how reindeer like to be compared to other species of similar to them in the sense of body type. So I don't know if they want to be called a Trojan horse. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but you know, so we, now the, the meat industry never really took off though with reindeer. Okay. But there was a guy who was real. His name was Carl. Loman, he was an Alaska businessman, and he had all this reindeer, and he was like, "All right, we got to figure out a way to get people to eat the reindeer because they were also trying to make it as big as the cow industry or the beef industry." And so he was thinking about different commercial and mass marketing possibilities to get people thinking about reindeer in a different way. And so in 1926, Lohman convinced along, or, or worked with Macy's to have Santa in their Christmas parade be pulled by reindeer on a sleigh. Was this so the that first is where was this the first yeah. time that reindeer have ever appeared in Christmas? Santa culture was yes really according according to my research that okay. blows my mind because I would have assumed that they had been a part of I don't know like Scandinavian you know Santa Claus folklore for forever I guess like going back to whatever the pagans or whoever invented Santa well, okay, it says the first reference to Santa's sleigh being pulled by reindeers appears in Old Santa Claus with Much Delight, an illustrated children's poem in New York. So I was wrong. I was very wrong. But Santa didn't originally have reindeer. Uh, he walked not- everywhere. So that explains why he got so fat. Suddenly he gets these reindeer and pull them around and Santa stopped getting his steps in. Yeah, Santa's not getting many steps in. His Fitbit doesn't doesn't log that many steps. But because of this, I mean, obviously like the Macy's Day Parade, and I think particularly during that time, right, I'm sure it's very different in terms of the way that people connected and um, celebrated parades like Macy Day's Parade, where that is where reindeer really became imprinted in our mind that they are part of Christmas. And in a weird roundabout way, it kind of had the opposite effect, I think, in terms of people being like, oh, we want to eat these creatures. (laughs) I think it's like, how are we going to get our presents if we eat all the reindeer? (laughs) we got to have the reindeer pulling Santa around to to get our presents. (laughs) It does sound really weird because that's like saying, I mean, I'm trying to think of another good pop culture animal, but like, yeah, we're going to have Big Bird on Sesame Street, but we're going to try to convince people to eat Big Bird. (laughs) Like, why would, why would anybody want to eat reindeer after you have them appear in something that's so charming and wholesome and fun just really weird it it is it is weird but i mean now i mean still though when you think about 
5 million domesticated reindeer. Like that's a lot still, despite the fact that, and I don't know, let's, I can compare that to the beef industry. How many domesticated cows are there? Let's, let's take a little look-see. There are 30 million beef cows that Jeez. are domesticated in the U.S. So I have two minds about this. Because, beat. Yeah, I mean, on the one hand, I'm like thinking, okay, like who wants to eat reindeer? On the other hand, I'm guessing that the like cost to our environment would probably have been significantly decreased by having fewer you know, cow farms. And I also, I know that, uh, well, at least for deer, I'm assuming it's the same with reindeer, but that the meat is so much leaner too. So it's healthier for you than eating beef. <clears throat> yeah, that's an interesting thing to think about. I, I, I don't know if I would have thought about that, but I also wonder too from, I mean, I know people hunt deer and, and moose, but Sometimes I wonder if how an animal looks from just like a beauty aesthetic or unique, a uniqueness about them, if we're less likely to hunt them or want to eat them, hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah. I don't hear about people eating parrots. <laughs> you clearly never saw that episode of Succession. Just, just kidding. It's a, it's a separate <laughs> thing. <laughs> um. What? Okay, I'm trying to like peacocks, like you know, yeah, you know peacocks, what I'm like, yeah, yeah. It's like a very outdated thing to are do. Beautiful. Very interesting. Okay, um, again, I'm really surprised because I thought that culturally this went back a lot further. So, what about where does Rudolph come from? So, if the reindeer first make their, I'll say, like really their big appearance on like a highly visible stage. That's the Macy's Day Parade, 1926. What happens after that? Obviously, the reindeer blow up. Where does Rudolph come from? Well, I want to backtrack a little bit, though, too. So before we get in, in into Rudolph, part of the reason why that reindeer meat industry never took off is because the cattle lobby went, went ham. And they were like, we cannot have reindeer taking over the cattle industry. And so they lobbied to change laws about who could own reindeer in the U.S. And the right eventually went to indigenous American cultures. And this law went into effect in 1937, but the law wasn't reversed until 60 years later. So in 1997, they reversed that law. So that's another reason why it never took off as the cattle industry had beef with the reindeer industry. <laughs> Please tell me you had that one prepared before coming into this conversation. No, I just uh, I just finished an improv course. So that is <laughs> hey, it's doing wonders. from the learnings of my teacher, Lisa. <laughs> Shout out to Lisa really elevating the quality of furfluencers through Anya's professional <laughs> comedy training. Well, back to your Rudolph question, though. So Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer first appeared in 1939, and 
It's when the Montgomery Ward Department Store asked one of its copywriters, a guy named Robert May, to develop, write a Christmas story that the store could give away to shoppers as a promotional gimmick. So I'm looking at... um, I'm looking at the promotional material right now. I'm going to send it to you. And it's, I mean, it's cute. It's, okay, it's cool. cute. It, it, you'll, you'll see. You got little Rudolph. He's this, this red. The main cover is red and the writing is very Christmassy looking. And you just, you want to boot that oh, nose that is on so Rudolph. Oh, so sweet. Yeah, it's got right. It it looks like a Disney character. Like it could be out of, he could be out of Bambi. You know the way that he's drawn, and it's so sweet. It looks. I use this word in this episode how many times? But it's very wholesome. It is very very wholesome. Very wholesome. So he developed this book, and the retailer had been buying and giving it away as coloring books for Christmas every year, and then they decided to create their own book to save money. And in the first year of publication, more than 2 million copies of this book were distributed by the department store. And May's brother-in-law was a songwriter. His name was Johnny Marks. And he then wrote a musical version of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer in 1949. So that is where Rudolph came from was another department store. (laughs) I mean, another department store leading the way in the reindeer industry. (laughs) Speaking of capitalism. Now I'm wondering who owns the IP to Rudolph because if I'm the person who wrote that story and it's turned into probably one of the most visible aspects of Christmas pop culture in the United Mm -hmm. States, I would not be very happy (laughs) knowing that this department store owns this thing that I created. Oh, I'm sure that this guy, uh, Robert May probably made very little money off of, uh, off of this. hundred percent. Okay. So now we have Rudolph. Who owns the original Rudolph reindeer? Um, okay. Character Arts manages a licensing for Rudolph Company LP and DreamWorks. So okay. DreamWorks, I believe, is, that's not Disney, right? Or is it? It might be. I'd have to look this up again. This will be a footnote for the episode later. But they, as far as the, um, how much it's worth now, just generally speaking, in terms of, Let's see. I'm curious how much money Rudolph the Reindeer, Rain, how much Rudolph has, uh, how much money has Rudolph? Let's see. I'm not getting anything. I'm not finding anything, but there was a figurine that sold Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer figure sells for three hundred and sixty-eight thousand dollars. How much? 
$368,000 so for a like Rudolph a vintage... figurine. What? Oh my God. Yeah. So people pay big money for, for reindeer paraphernalia, it seems. Okay. I would not have expected that. This is, yeah, <laughs> there's so much to process right now. Um, okay. So what happened after that? I mean, they enter the pop culture lexicon. I'm just trying to think like I've seen, you know, the Rudolph movies as a kid. Oh, actually, did you, when you did your research for this, did you hear about Olive, the other reindeer? Did that? I did not. Your way? This is speaking of really cute, charming stories. I remember um, there was a kid's book. Let me, I'll look it up in a second, but it's called Olive, the other reindeer. Because if you sing the song, all of the other reindeer could sound like olive. And so the whole idea is that there's this other reindeer that people aren't actually picking up on. And its name is Olive. And I don't know if Olive is a boy I or girl. I love that. I'll have to fact check this. I love that. Well, I'm going to tell you about where the eight reindeer came from. Remember when I said that we first didn't see reindeer until the Macy's Day Parade and I had to admit that I was wrong? Oh, yeah. So... The eight reindeer were depicted in a poem by Clement Moore, a visit from St. Nicholas, also known as Twas the Night Before Christmas. And that is where it includes the eight named reindeer, Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comet, and Cupid, and the final two, Dunder and Blixum. And sorry, where do these names come from? This is from the poem, Twas the Night Before Christmas, or A Visit from St. Nicholas by Clement Moore, written in 1823. So that is where we first got the reindeer. I don't what? know where, how, and but then I, I, I'm not sure how uh, Rudolph became the leader of the pack since he wasn't even originally included. And the original. So. Sounds like a hostile takeover. It, uh, it does. I, I need to know what he did. But here's the other thing. They, they're all pretty much depicted as, I think, we, when we think of reindeer and pop culture and the reindeer that are used to pull Santa along. I don't know about you, but I always thought they were just male reindeer. Yeah, they are. What about you? Yeah, I, I'm, I always assume that those names were like old, old like school Germanic guy names. No, but well, I think that's how they were depicted because it's you know one men wrote these poems about reindeer uh, and books about them. But even though males and females can both grow antlers, male ant reindeer shed their antlers in the fall at the end of breeding season. <laughs> oh so female God. reindeer keep their antlers throughout the winter in order to compete for vital scores and scarce resources during their winter pregnancies. So their Anya, this is incredible. Them when they're pregnant. D has anyone right? spoken about this? Like when you did your research, did anybody find for this? The female reindeer. I think that's I'm amazing. A new feminist movement for reindeer. <laughs> 
they have been underappreciated in Christmas pop culture for far too long. And, you know, we've done, I think, a much better job of trying to recognize different groups for the contributions that they've made to society. Now it's time for female reindeer to get their, their due. To get this their is, recognition. This is absolutely incredible. Yeah, we should petition on behalf of the female reindeer laborers so they get the credit that they deserve. It's an injustice. It's an injustice. So from now on, anytime I see a reindeer pulling a sleigh in the winter, I'm using the pronoun she. <laughs> I love this. And hold on. So you've now sent me down a Google bender and I'm not totally wrong when I said Germanic. So apparently this poem, A Visit from St. Nicholas, was published in Troy, New York. And a lot of these reindeer were given, oh, I see, Dunder and Blixum are colloquial New York Dutch names. So that's where that Germanic influence tree trickles in. Oh, interesting. You would pick up on languages. I just feel like that sounds different. <laughs> you would know where the origins or would be able to guess where some of its roots came from. It's very annoying about you that you well, know these things. This is very cool. I mean, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> I have to say for me, reindeer, I always... I think they're one of my favorite parts of Christmas. Like Santa as a figure, I feel like I never was particularly fixated on or like excited for. Like my sister and I were not the kids who wanted to visit Santa anywhere ever. We're like, we're fine that he's really? there. Yeah, but I'm like, I'm good not sitting on Santa's lap. But I remember we wanted to leave out snacks for the reindeer. So like Santa was like, eh, but like the animal part we were very into. Oh, yeah, I could see that. I mean, also, now that I think about it as an adult woman, it is weird that my parents put me in strange men's laps <laughs> every year for a photo. <laughs> well, now people are bringing their dogs to take photos with Santa, which I, I wish that Smudge would be the dog where we could do something fun like that. Like, they're doing it at... Um, it, it's really sweet at the uh, doggy daycare that we used to go to before he got asked to leave. And um, they have Santa and cookies coming this weekend and we will not oh, be participating. Cute. Yeah. It's so cute. Aww. But like, he'll just, he'll freak out. Poor thing. Well, I, I can relate to smudge on one thing as far as getting kicked out of something. I got uh, kicked out of ballet when I was six because <laughs> I said I was too crazy and recommended that my mom put me in tap. <laughs> Anya, I think you are a beast of burden, but perhaps in a different way than you've <laughs> articulated it. Yeah. <laughs> but back but, to yeah, the reindeer. So, so I guess they're just, what, they just continue to be this delightful, cuddly presence in our Christmas tradition. It's interesting as far, I mean, I think it just shows, you know, we've, we've worked with a lot of different brands, but how brands can play such, um, 
an important role in how we view different, I mean, think of, I mean, we've talked about this before too, right? When it just comes to animals that we eat and don't eat, like we could never ever imagine eating our dogs. We think that would be one of the cruelest things, but you and I eat meat and I internally struggle with it at times too, where I question like what my, I feel like hypocrisy around that at times. But I think a lot of it is like, think of how dogs have been marketed to us, right? They've never been marketed as an animal in the U.S. that you eat. Right. They're companions, either they're, you know, like familial type companions or they're, they're working companions. You know, it's like, like right. eating your coworker. Exactly. Exactly. So it, it's just, it's, uh, it's, I think it's sweet as far as how reindeer have been uh, sold to us, I guess, in that respect. But also, it makes me feel bad for the other animals that didn't get to be in the Macy's Day Parade, you know? <laughs> the day that they put rats in the Macy's Day Parade is the day that we've officially like, lost sight of our priorities. Well, here's the thing. It kind of, it reminds me when, you know, that you see people that get internet famous for some of their social media accounts and then they're, they're getting all these brand deals and opportunities. And you're just kind of like, why are you the one that is chosen for this? Like you, you're not understanding what is making this person so popular and famous for like a non social media type of influencer. One person that I think like Taylor Swift, Mm. I don't want to get hate for it, but like, I, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get why Ticketmaster almost blew up <laughs> because people were trying to buy tickets. <laughs> so it's, I feel like why are reindeer the chosen one? Why is anybody else the chosen one? Why isn't it me? You know? <laughs> I'm sure they're asking Why that. Why are dying the, the Macy's Day Parade is what I'm getting at. Like, and if you think about it, if Taylor Swift were to get a pet, I don't know if she has one, but I'm just imagining whatever animal she gets or decides to, you know, throw her support around, like maybe that's the next reindeer right there. Like whatever that, that creature is will suddenly rise out of the the ashes <laughs> into this beloved place in our hearts she seems like a cat lady i think she I might know. be i got a feeling she's a cat lady i think it's the cardigans <laughs> which i too yeah. own <laughs> so i can't hate on too much but it's different it's different for me have so wait you've gotten to pet reindeer i never i don't think i got to pet one but i'm pretty sure i ate one Mm. And mm. I, again, like I, I like venison. I think it can be a bit more sustainable than eating beef, just because a lot of it is grown in closer, grown and harvested in closer proximity to part of where I live, and so you don't have these like long, um, like transportation periods and stuff like that. But I, I like it. I mean, I would. Here's the thing: like I love reindeer but I also can't say that I would not eat one again in the future. Well, here's the thing. I don't know if you want Santa to listen to this episode, if he knows that you're down for eating his buddies. 
So we might need to edit this part out for your sake if you <laughs> don't want to end up on the naughty list of Santa. But speaking, I, I just Googled uh, reindeer news. Um, and this is a, an interesting story via Yahoo News. The Grinch got into a fight with a reindeer Friday night, and the Traverse City Police had to break it up. Captain Keith Gillis and officers were called to the Hotel Indigo after a physical altercation between two 30-year-old male employees attending their annual holiday party. One man was dressed as a Grinch, and he was throwing punches at his coworker who was wearing a reindeer costume. The reindeer was defending himself against the Grinch, Gillis said. The reindeer sustained minor scrapes and bruises, he added, but did not require any medical attention. The man in the Grinch outfit was arrested on suspicion of a misdemeanor assault. I mean, this sounds like a very Grinch thing to do. Um, I think the Grinch's heart shrunk again because... uh, (laughs) That wasn't very nice to punch That is not very nice. Why would you do that? (laughs) Oh, man. And there's this guy, sorry, the other news, teenager Anthony Gorman, who makes handmade Santa reindeer decorations, has turned into a business sensation. What started as a school project in 2019 when Anthony made 80 wooden reindeer and sold them to family and friends has now expanded beyond his wildest dreams with a production line that would rival the busiest run by Santa elves. Uh. Wow. He's, he, <laughs> look at, take a look at these reindeer. Would you buy one of these? Let me see. All right. So they've got wooden peg legs, a very round body. A very, a a cylinder for a head. And wires as antlers. And googly eyes, it looks like. Okay, so I'm looking at these, and they're creative, but they're not, these are not mind-blowing reindeer. Yeah, they're, listen, Anthony, I'm sorry. These are nice. And I'm glad, I'm happy for you too. I, I guess I'm just continuing to wonder, why isn't it me? You know, <laughs> why, why are people getting articles written about them in the Independent and getting invited to all the parties and Christmas Day parades, but not me? Anya, I'll invite <laughs> you to a Christmas party. I love reindeer oh, jerky. Man. Good for you, Ruthie Anthony. Will love I'm it. glad. I'm glad, Anthony, that you have a passion and cheering up people's homes with your reindeer. That is nice. Way to go. Any other good ones? Any other good reindeer news? I don't know. I'll oh, to... oh, an article. We've been saying these popular reindeer names wrong. According to KFOR, Oklahoma City. Look at me, I'm from Oklahoma. So Oklahoma's known for uh, really respecting facts. Um, Dunder, 
which some associate with the first half of a name of a fictional paper company, is actually Dutch and a word that is, sounds like thunder. Bixen is a little more complicated, but it appears to be phonetic, like Blixen. Okay, so this article's really pissing me off because in my mind, these names are really easy to pronounce. And this is just leaning into Oklahoma having issues with phonetics because they've had <laughs> education funding so much there. And I mean, they can't even say my name right there. They're like, Anya? I'm like, no, Anya. Like, you got something Anya. <laughs> and it, it still sometimes does not click. So we're going to disregard oh. this article and assume most people are smarter than oh my gosh. <laughs> what they assume people are. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I hope everyone who listened to this has a new appreciation for reindeer and why they bring us so much cheer. And I think there's a reason why reindeer and cheer rhyme. They go together for sure. That's so beautiful, Anya. Truly. <laughs> I I really enjoyed this episode. And at first when you were like, I'm going to tell you about a cool holiday animal and I'll do some storytelling. We won't have a guest. I was a little like, ah, how's that going to work? But I really love this. And I, I want to do this again. And next time I'm going to bring an animal to you. So get ready. Oh boy. You know, I love to learn. Whoops. <laughs> Sorry guys. I almost dropped my mic. Um, yes, I, I'm ready for that. Hopefully, uh, you do as good of a job as I did because I don't want to have to give you feedback for later. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone, thank you again for tuning in. Follow us on the Furfluencers on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, subscribe to our newsletter, where you can sign up on our website, thefurfluencers.com. And if there is an animal that you want to learn the history about, tell us and we'll do it. We will make that episode for the one person that maybe writes in. So see you guys for next time and in the new year. Bye.